by his grace until the crown I gain. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He put the song in my soul today, a song of praise, hallelujah. He gave me a song, t'was a new song of praise. By day and by night, its sweet note I will raise. My heart's overflowing, I'm happy and free. I'll praise my Redeemer who has rescued me. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He puts a song in my soul today, a song of praise, hallelujah. I'll sing of his wonderful mercy to me. I'll praise him till all men his goodness shall see. I'll sing my new song, the glad story of love, and join in the chorus with the saints above. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to a song in my soul today, a song of praise, hallelujah. I'll tell of the pit with its gloom and despair. I'll praise the dear Father who answered my prayer. I'll sing my new song, the glad story of love. And join in the chorus with the saints above. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He puts a song in my soul today. A song of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I am so thankful that you brought me out of that deep, miry place. Lord, that my feet are set upon a rock to stay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your redemption. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's why I need music. Let it rise. Um. Glory of the Lord, arise among us. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let it rise. Praises of the King, rise among us. Let it rise. Let it rise. 
Let the songs of the Lord rise among us. Let the songs of the Lord rise among us. Let the joy of the King rise among us. Let it rise. Let it rise. Let the joy of the Lord rise among us. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let the praises of the King rise among us. Let it rise. Let it rise. Let the songs of the Lord rise among us. Let the songs of the Lord rise among us. Let the joy of the King rise among us. Let it rise. Let it rise. Oh, let it rise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, let our praises rise to your throne room. To your, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Touch us today, Lord. Oh, as we offer up sacrifices of praise to you. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we give you glory. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let the song of our heart be praised to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Every praise to our God. Every word of worship in one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship in one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God. Glory hallelujah is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God. Glory hallelujah is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. God my God, my Savior, God, my healer, God, my deliverer, yes, He is, yes, He is. Every praise is to our God, every word of worship with one accord. Every praise, 
Every praise is to our God. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship in one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God. Glory, hallelujah, is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God. Glory, hallelujah, is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. God, my Savior, God, my healer, God, my deliverer, yes, he is, yes, he is, God, my Savior, God, my healer, God, my deliverer, Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Praise God. Can we worship him today? He is worthy, altogether worthy to receive our worship and our praise today. He's worthy to receive glory and honor. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are our king. It is you who sits on the throne. You are altogether sovereign. You are worthy of my worship. You're worthy of my praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You have given us every good gift and every perfect gift. Hallelujah, Jesus. I am so thankful for you. I am so thankful for your so great salvation. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. You are my king. You are my Lord. You are my God. I submit myself to you. I give myself wholly and completely to you today. Hallelujah, Jesus. As is your right, as is your due. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. So thankful that you established a relationship with me. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. He is such a good God. He is such an awesome God. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's worthy of worship, church. He's worthy of worship. We're going to spend an eternity. We're going to spend an eternity worshiping God for what He's done and for who He is. Amen. I am so thankful for Him. I'm so thankful for what He's done in my life. Hallelujah, Jesus. I love him because he first loved me. 
He's recreated me so that I can receive His love, so that I am made worthy to receive His good gifts. He's declared me to be holy. He's clothed me with His righteousness. I could never be holy. I could never be righteous. But He has made me these things because of what He did at Calvary. I owe Him everything. Praise God. I want to start reading. I have a few verses here to read. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. I'll also be reading out of Zechariah and Jeremiah. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 6, starting with verse 1, says this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. And with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. He laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and that iniquity is taken away. And I sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And said I, Here am I. Send me. And he said, Go, and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not. And see ye indeed, but perceive not. Also in Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6, Zechariah 4 and 6 says, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And also in Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse 27, the Lord is saying this, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? I want to preach on this topic this morning for the remainder of our time here. The work of God depends on me. The work of God depends on me. Lord Jesus, we ask most humbly and yet most insistently 
that you visit us this morning with a mighty visitation. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would be present here and that all of your heart, your will, your mind would be manifest in our service here today. Minister to your people, I pray. Bring us to the place that you need us to be. Tell us what we need to hear so that we can do what we need to do. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. In our scripture text today, all three of them, we see an awesome God. A God of power, a God of might, a God of strength. A God who is victorious all by Himself. A God who has need of nothing, self-sufficient. We acknowledge today the omnipotence of God, the sovereignty of God, the omniscience of God. And yet, He has decreed that He will work only through people. If anything of import is to, to be accomplished here, in this world, in our lives, God has decreed that it will be because a man or a woman steps up and steps out and declares to God, Here am I. Send me. Why would God do that? Why would God bind Himself to such an inefficient tool as us? I've considered this a lot since He saved me. I don't know why. Specifically, I know that He does. And I know that everything He does is perfect. And it's for a reason. And it's for our best. I don't know why He does it. I do know that He does. Mark 16 and 19 says, So that after the Lord had spoken unto them, He was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. That is the wrong verse. <laughs> I wanted the one that said the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. <clears throat> that God is working with us. He desires to work with us. If we get through this service, church, it'll be the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Hebrews chapter 2, <laughs> verses 1 through 4 says this. I hope correctly. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard Him. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to His own will. So in a nutshell, we understand that how this whole thing works is that we do what we can do and God does what He can do. And together, we see the will of God accomplished. 
<clears throat> Did you know that God has responsibility in His creation? i got to confess, this message was going to be something else entirely, and it transformed into something that <clears throat> typically, if... Don't you say anything about how I do this. <laughs> She's got my preaching style down. She, she showed me last night how I do things. I just did one of those things. Anyway, <clears throat> nobody look at her. <clears throat> this was going to be something else entirely. I had it all in my mind. God gave it to me in prayer. And then as I was writing it out, all of this other stuff started spilling out onto the thing. And typically when I would have something like this that makes me a little bit nervous, I would just put it on a back burner because I, I really like time to research these things out. And there's two reasons for that. One, I ought to know what I'm talking about when I get up here. That's always a good thing. And two, I want to make sure it's true. I want to make sure it lines up with Scripture. Because when I talk about something like God has a responsibility to us and to His creation... That, at first blush, makes me a little bit nervous saying that. But here's, here's how I think I know that. If we look at the idea of spiritual authority, we understand that God only delegates authority sufficient to take care of our responsibilities, right? That's the only reason the authority is there. So that we can discharge our responsibilities. When you get promoted at work, you get more authority, generally. But that's only because now you have more responsibility also. You need the authority to take care of the responsibility. You're not going to get more authority than you need. <clears throat> For example... Man, for better or for worse, whether you want it to or not, is the head of the house. That's because God has established that. God holds the man accountable for what happens in the home. I don't know how you feel about that. It doesn't really matter. I mean, that's just the way it is. Uh, I'm not trying to be stupid up here. I'm just, that's what God said. There are times, I'll admit, I don't want it. I don't want to be the one responsible. I would be very fine sometimes if my wife would be able to just call the shot, and I'll, I'll go along with that. But I can't. It's, it's not how it works. I could, I could set it up that way. I could have her call the shots, but guess who's going to be held accountable? Not her. Me. That's why I have the authority in the home. Because I also have the responsibility. God didn't give me authority over your home. Why? Because He's not going to give me, He's not going to hold me accountable for what happens in your home. So I don't have the authority either. See how that works? 
Okay. So, the more responsibility, the more authority God delegates to take care of them. Okay, that also operates in reverse. How much authority do we have as children of God? How much authority has God delegated to you to use on His behalf? That means that we have an enormous responsibility to take care of. If God is giving us that much authority, it's only because we have that much responsibility. How much authority does God have? He has all authority. There is no higher than God. You can't go above God's head. He's the highest. Mark eleven twenty two through 24 says, Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Mark sixteen fifteen through 18 says, He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Matthew 10, 7 and 8 says, As ye go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. We have an inordinate amount of spiritual authority, church. It remains largely untapped. And I receive that as well as say it. But God possesses infinite authority, absolute authority. He therefore, by His own decree, becomes responsible for everything that happens in His creation. Now let me stop here and pause for a moment. Immediately, things come to our minds when I say something like this. Well, if that's true, then this is true. If that's true, then He's responsible for this. He's responsible for that. And it's not my purpose to unpack this and and, and dissect it here this morning. I would love to at some future point when I've had more of a chance to look at it. But it will have to serve for the purposes of this message today. Who is he responsible to then? He's responsible to himself. And he makes himself responsible to us. Hebrews 6, 13-15 says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. 
So God, through His promises, binds Himself to us with a responsibility to take care of those things which He promised. Understand my intent. It's not my desire or intention to hold God's feet to the fire. To stand in judgment over Him. Telling Him He has to do something. No. No, sir. No, ma'am. Uh-uh. Not ever. Not ever. But it's my understanding that He has declared this to be so. By choice. By His choice. It's the only way this could happen. So God is infinite, omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient, possessing absolute authority. And yet He has bound Himself to work through you and through me. He can do whatever He wants to do. Period. He has the power. He has the authority. He doesn't need me. He could send a theophany to do this infinitely better. He can do this Himself so much better. So why doesn't He? That's not His purpose. That's not His plan. Why doesn't He witness to your co-workers? Why doesn't He reveal Himself to them? Just give a theophany and start glowing. I mean, surely that would at least get the conversation rolling. But He doesn't do that. He sends you. He sends you to the workplace so that you can minister, so that you can pray. So God has responsibilities to Himself and to us. We have responsibilities to God. And that's how this whole thing works out, I think. If you'll forgive me, I'm not ducking the subject, but it's not the focus of our message today, so we're not going to worry about God's responsibilities today. I think God has probably got them under control anyway. So, we'll just leave those in God's hands. Let's focus on our responsibilities to God. Because we don't always have those in control, do we? Myself included. What are our responsibilities to God? We could go pretty far down into this and label some very specific things, but I just want to touch on three, three things. Isaiah 6 and 8 that we've already read. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. He wants our availability. God will not force anyone to serve Him and He will not force anyone to work for Him. This is truly a volunteer army. It's all volunteers. You choose to enlist and you choose to go as far as you want. I've said it this way from time to time. You can be a weekend warrior. You can go all the way through and be a Navy SEAL. The choice is yours. When we do volunteer, we don't get to pick the specific job or the area of our field of labor. 
We volunteered. Anybody that's been in the armed service knows that when you sign on the dotted line, you sign away your freedoms, your rights. You are now U.S. government property. That's right. You go where Uncle Sam says to go. You do what he tells you to do. God is no different. Now, he's going he's gonna to give you the ability to say yes or no. He always does. But if we are going to follow through with our commitment, we go where we're sent, we do what we're told to do. When we volunteer, we're asked to count the cost. God's not going to blindside us. He's not going to hide something in the fine print to discover later. He's very upfront about everything. We understand that when we choose to serve the Lord, that means other choices are now off the table. That's true for any choice. In finance and trading circles, they call that opportunity cost. If you put your finite amount of dollars into investment A, you don't have it available for investments B, C, or D. If I choose to say yes to Jesus, I can't say yes to what I want to do. That's off the table now. The good thing, though, is God's not looking for people of talent or ability or wealth or lots of connections or any such thing. He doesn't need any of those things. He can give every one of you all of those things if He so desires. He doesn't need them. He needs you. He needs your availability. That's what He's looking for. Someone He can show Himself strong through. Isaiah 1 and 19 says, If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. He also wants our obedience. Once we say yes to God and we make ourselves available to Him, we must be obedient to His calling. Some of us, referring to Christianity as a whole, want to make themselves available, but for specific tasks only, please. Have you ever told God what you don't want to do? Have you ever told God where you don't want to go? I'll go anywhere, but don't send me to Africa. I'll go anywhere, but just send me somewhere warm, please. (laughs) Yes, sir. All right. When we say yes to God, we say yes all the way across the board. Again, we don't have line item veto authority. We can say yes. We can say no. But we're saying yes to all of it. Or no to all of it. God as I see it is literally discharging His responsibilities to His creation through us. When we minister to someone in the power of the Holy Ghost, two things are taking place. God fulfills His responsibility to the individual to make Himself known to them. His gospel message of salvation, getting their needs met, etc. Those are things that we simply cannot do. 
We cannot fill someone with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is God's responsibility to take care of. Because He promised that to us if we're obedient to the plan of salvation. If we repent, God will fill us with the gift of the Holy Ghost. We can't do that. Only God can do that. He takes that responsibility unto Himself. We fulfill our responsibility to God by submitting ourselves to God and becoming obedient to Him. By becoming available to Him. Again, I'm going to be very interested to develop this a little bit. Because it looks fascinating. The last thing God wants is our faithfulness. Second Timothy 2.13 says, If we believe not, in other words, if we're not faithful, yet He abideth faithful. He cannot deny Himself. We've got to stay the course no matter what. Because God stayed the course for us. God has never left us. He's never forsaken us. He was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He is faithful, and He remains faithful to us. We're not responsible for the results. I've spoken on this before. What a freeing thought that is. I even preached a message one time about that God is a God of results. Maybe that's true, but He's responsible for the results. We're responsible to stay the course. We're responsible to stay faithful in the task that He's called us to do. If you're teaching Bible studies and you're not seeing results, keep teaching Bible studies. That's what you can do. That's, that's what you have authority over. If you're called to minister at the workplace, minister at the workplace. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know what that person is thinking about in the middle of the night. We don't know everything. God wants us to stay faithful. I can imagine there are all kinds of military stories, uh, if people would tell them, if I could find them, about soldiers, sailors, receiving orders they didn't understand. Receiving orders that seemed stupid at the time. Why is this hill so important? It's a mound of dirt. I don't understand why we're sacrificing all these lives to get a mound of dirt. But they kept sacrificing lives and they took the mound of dirt and it ends up that mound of dirt's real important. It's real important that we have that mound of dirt. But they didn't understand it. How many times has God told you something, sent you somewhere, asked you to do something that seemed ridiculous? I have no idea why. What? People that God does that to a lot, and they are obedient to it, they have all kinds of testimonies. I heard one that's coming to mind. I can't remember who it was. 
I want to say Nona Freeman, but I don't know if that's right, was told to stand on a street corner and, yeah, the front porch. Was it Nona Freeman? Okay. I had no idea why. Seemed ridiculous at the time. But she did it. Yeah, wave your handkerchief. But she did it. Well, it turns out, yeah, God used that to minister to someone. How about that? God knew. She didn't have a clue. I could have, she could have said, I'm getting a message ready. I'm going to a prayer conference. I got more important things to do right now to serve Jesus than to do that. But she was obedient. She was faithful to what she was told to do. And God reaped, the results were reaped. God did a miracle. So we need to be faithful. We need to be faithful in every area of our lives. The obvious ones are faithfulness in church attendance, faithfulness in tithes and offerings, faithfulness to the house of God, to, to faithfulness to your spouse, your children. Uh, but faithfulness in every area of our lives. I'm stressing this a little bit because our society is faithless. The idea of committing to something and sticking with it to the end is absolutely alien to our society today. You ask someone, can you meet me here at this time? I don't know. I'll get back to you later. Um, contact him again. Hey, is that going to work out? I don't know. I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you. I don't know. Can you tell me yes or no? How about that? Both monosyllabic words. You know what they both mean, right? Just give me one. I don't care at this point. Just give me one so I can make some plans. Yes or no? People don't want to commit to anything today. Even to a simple appointment. But as Christians, God is calling us to commit ourselves, our lives, to His service. To His service. I know there are things that I want to do. And my time is just as precious as anyone else's. We all of us have 24 hours of the day to spend however we want. Those of you that have some remaining, man, enjoy that. But those 24 hours are committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. The resources that I have are committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. The finances, the time, the talent, all of it is God's. It's all God's. And someone told me one time that living for God hard is easy. Living for God easy is really hard. That seems a little bit quaint, but it's very true. It's very true. 
and concerning faithfulness, concerning all of these things, if we'll go into God 100%, if we'll just give Him everything and maintain that, this becomes so much easier. It becomes so much easier. I tried it the other way for a while. It'll wear you out. You get tired. And it's hard. I guess God was asking me to make a choice. Yes or no, dude. Make a, make a choice. Commit or don't. Once I did, once I did, it became so much easier. So God wants our availability. He wants our obedience. He wants our faithfulness. So that He can discharge His responsibilities through us, through the body of Christ, to this world. He has given covenant promises that He has made Himself responsible for, to take care of, to answer. We're not holding His feet to the fire, but He made the promise. It's like I've always said, healing, provision. I would have never thought to even ask God for those things after salvation. Why would I? He saved my soul. I'm going to heaven when I die. What more could I possibly want? But after that, he, he promises to provide all of my needs. He promises to heal my body and my mind, to deliver me from bondage, to all of these things. He promises me. And because I have that promise, I ask Him, God, You said this. I'm asking for this because You promised it. I'll be honest, that's the only reason I ask. I don't, uh, I don't feel like I need a lot from Him. He's given so much already. But He's willing to give so much more if we'll commit our lives to Him. He's willing to do so much more in me and through me if I'll commit my life to Him. It's hard for me to get people to realize how good God is. And if you will just Sign on the dotted line, as it were. Your life will be so much better. So much more fulfilling. Your life will be an adventure. You'll look back at the end and say, I wouldn't have changed a thing. I wouldn't change a thing. I pray that God's able to Get people to see that. Not here necessarily, but people that we speak with, people we interact with. But us too sometimes. We like our days off. We like time to just unwind. I know I do. I enjoy that. 
What if it's a choice between unwinding and, and obeying the voice of the Lord? I need to obey the voice of the Lord. I trust that God's going to take care of my unwinding time some other time. God knows that. God knows this is my time. He knows that. I had this plan, though. He knows that. Do what you're supposed to do. Follow the voice of the Lord. Commit your lives to Him. All of it. Don't hold anything back from God. Don't hold anything back from God. When God gets it all, He's going to use it all. I don't think we have any idea what God can do with all of someone. But I want to find out. I surely do. Let's all stand. We make ourselves available to be used by God. We obey when God calls on us to do something. And we stay at it for as long as God wants us to. That's our responsibility to God. To help Him discharge His self-imposed responsibilities to His creation. To mankind. To you and me. Are we partnering with God? Are we, are we His partners today? Are we, are we working with God? Is God working with us? I hope so. But if not, we're going to have an opportunity this morning to confirm, to verify, to make sure, make our calling and our election sure. Amen. Let's come to the front. our opportunity to speak with God and let God speak with us. As Christians, particularly as Christians in this place, I believe it's in all of our hearts to want to serve the Lord, to please Him. But there is also a part of us that is and remains a little bit selfish from time to time. I know it's in me hate it, but it's there. You get tired, you get frustrated, you get, I just, I just need a little bit of space. I just need a little bit of time. I just, I just got to go over here and work on a project for a while. And they like to go out to the garage and fix something. That's all well and good. But in combat, I don't know if I should always bring it back to this, but it, it makes the picture a little bit clearer. In combat, it doesn't really matter if I'm having a bad day. The enemy's right there shooting at me. I got people, I got someone to my left and to my right who's depending on me. I have a responsibility to them to be at my best. 
There'll be time for a break later. Right now, right now there's work to do. Right now I got to fight. And it doesn't apply just to that. Whatever the Lord is telling us to do in the moment takes precedence. It has to take precedence. Our commanding officer has given us an order. We need to go. We need to follow through with it. If that's what we signed up to do. Be an adult man. Be an adult woman. Follow through with the commitment that you gave to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I need to be an adult man and follow through with my commitment. What I said I would do. I told God yes. Do I still mean that? When I said yes, what did that mean specifically? Yes in these areas, but not these? Yes in pretty much everything? I'll give you the exceptions later, God. I said yes to everything. That was the question God asked me. Was will I say yes to all of it? And it's yes or no. I lived no for a while. There's no purpose in life when you don't serve God. You can find an artificial, temporary purpose. Once you climb that ladder, you're going to realize there's nothing up there. There's nothing. When you say yes to God, you're saying yes to all of it. God wants all of it. He needs all of it so that He can do what He wants to do. When we give Him all, we give Him everything, we make ourselves available, we submit ourselves to His plan and His purpose for our lives, and we stay faithful to the task until the very end. And God's will is accomplished. Whatever He's chosen to do through you is going to take place. Let's call out to Him for just a little while here this morning. And let's ask God to search us. Let's ask God, let's give God permission to go through our hearts, our spirits, our minds. Let's let Him see those secret places this morning. Those places we keep hidden. Those secret desires, those secret passions. Those We all have them spiritual you are. We all have them. Open those up to Jesus today. Give Him everything. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, it is our desire this morning to say yes to You. It is our desire this morning to give You everything. All of us. Every bit of us. Our hopes, our dreams, our fears, our cares and concerns our futures, our finances, our time, our talents, our bodies, our minds, everything. In my life, Lord Jesus, I want to give you complete access to all of me. 
I don't want there to be any hidden parts. I don't want there to be any areas of my life that I'm holding back. But Lord, my heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. I cannot know it. It lies to me. When I tell you I've given you everything, it may be that I'm holding something back. I don't want to hold anything back, but Lord, if I am, sow it to me. Sow me, I pray, that I could give it to you today. I don't want to hold anything back from you. I trust you implicitly. I trust you absolutely. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. As you search me, oh Lord, as you go through every part of me, I ask, Lord, that you would reveal to me anything that is being held back, anything that I'm secreting away or trying to, anything, Lord Jesus, that you don't have lordship over in my life. You need to have lordship over every area of my life. I want to commit myself wholly and completely to your service. You committed yourself a long time ago to me. You committed yourself on a cross at Calvary. Hallelujah, Jesus. I don't ever want... I don't ever want to lose the impact of what that means. What you did... Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. I pray, O oh God, I pray, Lord God of hosts, that you would minister in this house today, minister to our needs, I pray. Help us, Lord Jesus, bind us together as one. Bind us as one in service, one in direction, serving the Lord our God, serving the Lord Jesus Christ, according to your heart's desire according to your perfect will. Hallelujah, Jesus. It is our desire to serve you with all of us. It's yours anyway. You gave it to us. We are stewards of it. But it's yours. Hallelujah. We are stewards of this body that we inhabit. We are stewards of the finances that we have in the bank. We are stewards of the homes and the vehicles and the possessions that we have. We're stewards of children or spouse. We're stewards of, of positions, of authority that you, have, uh, that you have promoted us to. Help us to use them faithfully. Hallelujah, Jesus. This world so desperately needs to see people who are fully committed to you. This world so desperately needs to interact with, to hear, to see, to speak with people who are fully committed to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, Jesus. read in scripture the blessing that awaits those who are given to serve you the joy, the peace the hope all the fruit of the spirit help us Lord Jesus to release all of those things help us to, help us to be released into your service I pray 
to be wholly committed to you. The times are coming, Lord Jesus, where that commitment will be tested. Perhaps they already are here. Where our commitment to serve you will become more and more tested. We'll have more and more opportunity to turn away. More and more opportunity to say no to you. Help us to stay faithful unto the very end. Help us to stay committed to you unto the very end, I pray. I pray that you would encourage your people this morning to stay faithful, to stay committed. You have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We don't have to be afraid of what man can do. We don't have to be afraid of who's in charge, who's in control, who has authority over us. Because we know of a surety that you are on the throne. That all things happen according to your will and your plan and your purpose. Which you have foreordained before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah, Jesus. Our hope and our trust, our faith, our confidence is in you. Not in governments, not in man, but in you. Hallelujah, Jesus pronounce a blessing upon this congregation. I pronounce a blessing upon each family, upon each individual within the sound of my voice. Bless your people. As we give ourselves to you, bless them, I pray. Bless them financially. Bless them spiritually in relationship with you. Bless them, Lord Jesus, in ministry. Confirm the word that you speak through them with signs following. I pray, I pray, I pray. Exalt them in your kingdom and in your service as they give themselves to you. And as they are obedient to your voice, promote them in your kingdom. Hallelujah, Jesus. Use them mightily, miraculously, supernaturally, I pray. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. understand that's not how I use the word at all when referring to God. When I say God wants to use you, God wants to work with you. He wants to work through you. He wants to manifest himself through you. 
as I begin to understand my human nature before and after salvation, I begin to realize what a profound statement that is. What an unlikely scenario that is. relationship with us. Such that He wants to be my Father. He wants to give me His name in adoption. He's filled me with the earnest of my inheritance gift of the Holy Ghost, and He has made me the temple of God. Do we understand what that means? That God lives in us. Probably not. But the more we do understand, the more miraculous it is. The more wonderful it is. privilege. It is our high honor that God has called us to such a service, such a task as this. To see literally His responsibilities to His creation discharged through us. What a high honor. What a great privilege we have. Jesus, as we close our service, I pray, Lord God, help us, I pray. The commitments that were made here, they were real. We meant every one of them. But things happen, situations change. We find ourselves in circumstances that we hadn't considered. And we're tempted to change our minds. We're tempted to fall back on our promises to you. I pray, O oh God, in that day, that day will come. 
us the courage, the determination, and the fortitude to stay the course, to stay faithful to the promises that were made here today, as you have ever stayed faithful to the promises you've made to us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would bless your people. Bless your people. Bless them, I pray. Speak comfortably unto them. Draw nigh unto them. Lord, that they would hear your voice, that they would feel your touch. Bless you all. Thank you so much. You're dismissed.